Welcome to One Hit Wonderful, the original podcast where we are reviewing all those amazing reality shows that only had one season. Um, today we're going to continue our discussion on NYC Prep. Um, we're doing episode 7, Ivy League of Their Own. And your name is? And I'm Frank Pesanite the Third, <laughs> And I'm Meredith Brebeck. <laughs> um, so let's begin. Um, we will start with, actually before I even do Twitter, I would just like to say something. Yes, and we have a lot to discuss, more than we do than this episode, I think. Yeah. So, um, so uh, it's been brought to my attention that Laura Marie Shaneholz is doing a spinoff podcast of her podcast, SUP, um, called One Hit Wonders. <gasps> I didn't know that was the title. Yeah. No. Um, and she's literally doing all the same shows we're doing. And at first, I i mean, I'm obviously not happy about it. And at first I was like, well, like, there's only so many ideas in the universe. Like, it's possible someone else came up with ours. Like, you know, I'm not, I don't have as much hubris to think that she would have, like, even be even on her radar that she would have stolen our idea. Right. Um, but then I actually talked to a couple people who were like, that's too coincidental. Like, the name is the same. This is crazy. Um, I tweeted Sup yeah. and said, and very nicely was like, oh no, like when one of your favorite podcasts, she yeah. ignored it, couldn't be bothered to respond to it. I am Facebook friends with her. I post about our podcast on Facebook and there is an offshoot, um, of the Facebook, of the Sup Facebook page called Sexy Unique Projects. And when it first started, I posted in it about our podcast. Yeah. And she is privy to that. So... I'm beginning to think that maybe it was a little stolen, and I'm pissed about it. So, yeah. I I mean, it makes me sad, because I like Laura. Um, I think her podcast is really funny. Um, I think it blows. Like, I think they're doing pretty wild, so we're probably going to have to scrap that and do something else. Yeah. Um, there was a poll in their Facebook group, and the polls were NYC Prep, Pretty Wilds, and Gallery Girls. And so, we've already done my NYC Prep. Um, I guess, so we'll probably have to put a hold on Gallery Girls and Pretty Wild, but I just think it sucks. Like, I wish she would have responded to me. I think it's shitty that she didn't. Yeah. And I will say, like, I, I think my feeling was just that I was super bummed. You know, like, you and I do this for fun. It's not our full-time job. And then I was like, she's going to give this so much more time than we're able to. And she has a bigger following than we do. And I was just like, she's going to get all this awesome credit for this idea that we came up with you know, years ago. Yeah. And that bums me out. Like, I wish that we had sponsors and we could do this full time because that would be a lot more fun. Yeah. I mean, it really bums me out. Um, and again, like in the beginning I was just like, Oh, this sucks. And like, the more I think about it, I'm like, I don't, even if she didn't by some chance know anything about us, which again, I mean, when I remember that I posted it in the sexy unique projects page, like she's a mod in that, like she definitely saw it. Um, it, um, I don't know. It just sucks. Like, yeah, I don't know. It I'm stinks. bummed about it. It totally sucks. Yeah. But I think all we can do is just keep doing us and find different shows and... Yeah. And we're going to. For sure. Yeah. yeah for sure. But I did unsubscribe to all of her podcasts. That's um, fair. Yeah. I will probably still listen to this up, but I'm not paying her anymore for stealing our idea. Well, and if she's starting with Pretty Wild, maybe we can punch her where it counts and do... Gallery Girls. <laughs> Gallery yeah. Girls. I mean, that's the other thing, too, is I was a Patreon subscriber of both her podcasts. Like, I, I pay her. Like... For her to steal our idea? I don't know. Whatever. Yeah. I mean, I think it's possible she doesn't know if only because we're not the most active on social media about it, but it's still, it just sucks. There's no other word for it. it, It's very, but I mean, the fact that it's the same name. I know. I mean, and it's also possible that she, I mean, I posted it when Sexy Unique Projects was first a thing, which was a a while ago, a long time ago. Yeah. Um, So it's very possible that it's one of those things where she doesn't remember she saw it and she came to the idea and doesn't realize that's where she got it from. Yeah. Like, I'm not saying that she's like 
snidely whiplash no. twirling her mustache <laughs> no. and being like, I'm stealing these people's idea. Like, I don't think that happened, but I, I'm also, I'm just pissed she didn't respond to my tweet. Also, our name is cuter. Our name is cuter, for sure. Okay, well, um, I'm not <laughs> going to dwell anymore. I'm now going to move on. Um, so let's get to Twitter. Um, so, since our, we last recorded, and we recorded a month ago, even though you guys got an episode a couple weeks ago, um, yeah. because we did too. Oh, and I would like to say thank you to everyone who reached out and wished us happy 100th episode. I know. Um, I got some texts. We got some tweets about it. It was great. Thank you guys so much. Um, we really appreciate it. We appreciate you sticking with us. Um, so yeah, Heather, and now we really need you to stick with us. Yeah, we really do. <laughs> um, so Heather tweeted us on March 14th um, and said, look what I'm attempting to watch, although my brain is so scrambled, I cannot remember the exact NYC prep connection. Knowing my attention span, I'll probably only make it partially through. She was watching 12. Yes. Um, and then she said, scratch that. I see him now, LOL. This movie is very familiar to me. Maybe I saw it years ago. Oh, Nico Tortola, isn't it too yum? Gotta say, PC looks very bloated in this. I um, think we shared that in our last episode. Huh? Never mind. Keep going. <laughs> well, no, we recorded on the 13th, and this is the 14th. Okay. I just listened to our episode the other day. Anyway. Oh, going. I haven't listened to it. I mean, maybe we did, and maybe I put the date wrong on my notes, but... Um, keep going. Oh, wait. No, no, no. I'm a dummy. Today is the 13th. Yeah, I think we record on the 16th. On the 16th. Okay. Well, then let's scratch back. Um, all right. So then I'll go to the 19th. Um, Chris M. tweeted us and said, um, just listen to the latest episode and have so many takeaways. Fave slash fave moments. I need to know where Hayes Mayor B got the Hills enamel pin for Nana's Mink because I need one and I believe you tweeted him and told him. I did. Um, I definitely remember when selling Arbon was all the rage. Am I the only person that like hasn't heard of Arbon? Like I know. It did did I fail to mention though that someone I'm friends with on Facebook's wife sells it? No, you did. But yeah. like I it's funny. That's like, why it rang I, a bell I, it's for me. It's weird to but... me that I've never heard of it. Yeah. Um, let's see. Uh, even though he was, uh, Heather said, even though he was hot for PC, I would have been hot for Trey at the photo shoot back in the day. Heather, I, that tracks for you. I see that. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then Heather said, ah, oh my OMG, as soon as you came on, I squealed over your intro. Moi, you didn't even have to say it was for me. I knew it. I'm glad you appreciated it, Heather. Um, and then Heather tweeted us that LC is starting a podcast, um, oh, no. which I guess I need to subscribe and now listen to. Um, and she's then, also pregnant again. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. Um, and then Heather tweeted us and said, I think I stumbled upon the inspiration for giant, for the giant portraits of the spells Heidi and Spencer have in their current home. And, um, they are at a restaurant with a giant portrait of Christopher Walken in the background. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then Lou, Lou's intervention, tweeted us and said, have you noticed, um, so, so far, Jesse has not been in the same room as Sebastian or Taylor. Huh. And it's true. We've never seen Sebastian and Jesse together. Like, ever. No, Jesse hates everyone. But I don't even know if she knows Sebastian. Yeah, interesting. Taylor, yes, obviously, but I don't even know if she knows Sebastian. Um. Weird. Uh, Diana Metzger tweeted us and suggested Gallery Girls when I said that we couldn't do Pretty Wild. Um, of course, they're stealing that too, so. Um, and then uh, Heather hit us with the amazing news that I hope you guys are all privy to that The Hills starts Monday, June 24th on MTV. Yeah. Um, so I think by then, and I say we when I mean you. Yeah. Um, need to figure out how to Skype because I don't work Mondays, and so we could watch it and then immediately Skype and do it the night it's on. Yeah. How, do we know how many episodes it is? I don't. Okay. 
I, don't. I could always just come over on Monday night. Or that too, but yeah. I mean, I don't know what time it's going to be on. Like, what Me if either. it's on at 10? Like, you don't, I mean, you have to work the next day. Like, I mean, if it's on at 8, sure. Like, that would definitely be amazing. Um, let's see. It can't be more than like 10 episodes. They didn't even film that long. I bet it's like 6 or 8. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Um, uh, and then... Heather says, so could that up the chances for Princesses Long Island? It definitely could. That's um, a great one. I loved Me too. that show. Yeah, I would love to revisit that. Um, Diana suggested Eighth and Ocean. Also um, loved that one. Which I, I haven't th- seen. I thought it had a second season, actually, after Diana tweeted that, and I googled, but I guess it didn't. Um, and she wants to come guest for multiple episodes, of course, Santa, we would love to have you. Um, there are identical twin models, and one is nice and the other is evil. I'm very much looking forward to it. Chris M. tweeted us, happy 100th episode. Um, Heather tweeted and said, is it wrong that I'd love to gouge PC's eyes out with a fork? Yes, Kelly. Love when she compared him to a chick, mainly because he got, because it got to him. And I told Heather that, like, that is the appropriate response to PC. Why yeah. did he gouge his eyes out with a fork? Um, Lee, Lee Fenn, tweeted us and said, not sure when I'll get to listen to Steph Kelly showdown. Thank you so much for the recap. I do have a burning question, though. What is Steph's accent like these days? Um, I would say it's, I mean, it's, it's all more on the American side. Um... It is. We're going to talk in a minute about a, the most recent episode of her podcast as well. We both listened to it. Yeah. And she does the same thing my boss does. Like, my boss is British, but was born and grew up here. And she'll slip in and out with certain words. And I feel like Stephanie does the same thing. Yes. And I will be honest that when I was abroad in London, it's hard not to do it. Because they just sound better than us. They, they just do. Like, yeah. an, a hoity British accent just sounds better than an American one. It's just a fact. I have to really say that one of the things... That I love my cousins, and one of the things that I am most impressed with with my one cousin is she is married to a Brit, lived in, in England for many, 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 many years. She lives here now, and never does it. Like, never picked up the same accent. Like, she just Good talks completely normal. It's shocking. Yeah. The only thing she does that annoys me is instead of... Um, and she just, now she says sell, but for a long time she said mobile instead of like they she's do like, do that. Me on my mobile right. Um, and then Heather tweeted and said they still sell fingerless gloves. I have olive green, black, gray, and a weird blackish green. <laughs> I wear them if it's bearable cold, not frostbite level cold. And I'm going to be outside using my phone a lot, i.e., day trip to NYC, so I have my fingers free for the screen. <laughs> Um, Heather tweeted Lee and said, Lee, trust me, when you get around to listening to it, it will light up your life for the day. And she's correct. It was so good. Um, let's see. We had a little back and forth about the accent stuff. Um, uh, and then Heather said, after reading the info from the new episode of the Prattcast pod and the article, I can't wait to listen, which is what we're going to talk about in a minute. Yep. Um, and then, okay, Heather was tweeting about that and we're going to talk about that. Um, um, and then Taylor, our sleazy T, hit us up um, and said, I know him. Oh, I know I'm behind. Blame pra- practicing medicine on adorable mini humans. But why does NYC prep keep being similar to me? Keep being so similar to me. I was also in Tri-Delta, a bet a different school, and grew up like 10 minutes from Irvine. Sigh. Too bad no Camille sightings when I'm home. Huh. Um, and then I said to Taylor that... Um, I really want her to come on the pod so we can do a deep dive into her life. Like, I, I want to do a, t- a complete Sleazy Tea episode. And she said her goal, guest is to be a podcast, our goal is to be a podcast that's on legit anything. And she said that we win at life. So, and I said, <laughs> you have an open invitation, Taylor. Especially when Mayor <laughs> figures out the Skype thing. 
We will definitely have you like Skype in and be a guest. Which I will be honest that I have not tried or like I have some articles flagged to go back to for later, but it means you and I both have to sit at home for like an hour and like constantly text and phone call until we like figure out how to do it right. And I just, I haven't been in the mood to wrangle Well, and I, and I, (laughs) because all of the production stuff falls on you, I have no right to say shit. Like, cause I don't know how to do anything. So I would never, ever say anything about that. So, um, should we, before we get into this episode, we need to talk about Pratcast. We do need to talk about Pratcast. This episode was kind of a snooze, so I'd rather talk about Pratcast. Yeah. Um, so I listened last night. You listened... Friday. uh, Friday. Yesterday afternoon. Um, I actually subscribed... (laughs) <laughs> because I feel like it's there's because she's of, dishing it out. She is dishing it out. Um, so if you, for those of you who haven't listened, um, what we learned is that, and I thought this was true that the Hills was supposed to have already started. So they started this podcast because it was supposed to coincide with the airing of the New Hills. Yes. Um, and then it got pushed back till June, end of June, June twenty fourth, as we now know. So they're now having to fill up all this airtime with other stuff. Yeah. And the consequence of it is Stephanie going off the fucking rails, and I'm living for it. Um, okay. I'm also living for it, and I feel like I believed a lot of what she said. Oh, I believe everything she said. Yeah. I mean, I, she's fucking delusional. Yes, that's what I mean. There's, and, an, there's an air of it that you're like, eh. And we now know that the producer is 45 and definitely is the one that's, that's friends with Kelly Catrone outside of the podcast and that's why kelly did the podcast okay because she was like i'm friends with whatever we listen to the kelly one she's friends with the producer and the producer apparently is also friends with spencer and stephanie's other sister that we did not know existed tried so hard to find her can't yeah no the pratt family is persona non grata they do not exist it's so strange i'm assuming oldest sister I have no idea. Because she's got a bunch of kids. Okay. I mean, I guess I shouldn't assume that. She could be in her late 20s and have a bunch of kids, but like, or early 30s. But I just kind of figure she's the oldest sister. Okay. I have no idea. I feel like anyone younger than Spencer wouldn't have been so like, I don't want to be on TV. Kind of like the oldest sibling on the Osbournes. Right. Like, I don't want to, like, so I feel like, to me, it just makes sense she's the oldest. Plus, the producer is friends with her, and the producer's 45. So I just feel like she's probably like 40. Yeah. Well, my friend raised a good point, too, that I should keep searching, and I will, because Stephanie Spencer, they, my friend was like, what's her name, Samantha? Like, I was like, yeah, probably. Oh, good call. Yeah. I'll try really hard. And I thought we had- Sandra. Yeah. I thought we had discovered that Spencer's father was, like, a really wealthy periodontist or, like, dental surgeon or something. I'm wondering, yes, he's some kind of celebrity dentist, but, like, he's worth a hundred million dollars? Yeah. Stephanie was real drunk, though. But do you- I mean, I think it's very possible the beach house could be worth 20 million. It's in Malibu on the beach. Right, and maybe they bought it in, like, the 70s or 80s if they've been in L.A. forever, you know? Maybe, but I don't know. I mean, private jets back from Costa Rica, like, I think they have a lot of money. I mean, I guess dentists make a lot more fucking money than I think. Maybe. I mean, so think about, like, Randall Emmett. He charters a jet to places, so they did it for Spencer and Heidi. I mean, they're clearly, I think Stephanie's laying it on thick, but they clearly have a lot of money. It's both. I mean, if they're floating all of their kids... Yeah. 
I mean, I and I think he's like a celebrity, like veneers. I mean, I'm sure like you can't get out of his office without spending a hundred thousand dollars. So, or it's also possible that one of them came from money that they have like historical money. That's too. true too. That's very true too. Yeah. Um, but the it's the interesting thing about her podcast is that the producer and Wells, who I believe is a bachelor person. Seem very grounded and down to earth. Is Amy the producer? The other woman who is yes. speaking? Okay. They're incredibly grounded and they're so good at handling Stephanie. Yeah. I felt like I was listening to two therapists 100%. talk to Stephanie. They were super impressive. She was drunk. She was rambling. When he was drunk. Yeah. But they were like, so Stephanie, let's, let's rewind. You know, if your brother showed up in this room, what would he say? They were so calm with her. I couldn't. I was very, very impressed. Okay, so should we hit bullet points? Yeah, let's Okay, so the main takeaways were that Heidi and Spencer got fired from the hills for disappearing from production. Okay. Is what she said. Yeah. I don't know how true that is. Um, Left, moved to Costa Rica, which I believe is where they filmed I'm a Celebrity, Get Me Out of Here. Yeah. Um, and got arrested on weapons charges because they had illegal weapons, which tracks because Spencer's afraid people are coming after him. He bought a bunch of weird American shit and brought it with him. Probably. Yeah. Guns and whatever. Yep. Um, and then the, after they called the parents after not having spoken to them in three years with a like, help me daddy, I'm arrested in a foreign country. And the parents, um, hired a private jet, flew them back to LA put them up in their Malibu beach house where they were supposed to live temporarily and actually lived for seven years. Yes. Um, Is it Malibu or Santa Barbara? Oh, Santa Barbara. You're right. Santa Barbara. Well, on the hills it was Santa Barbara, but I feel like Stephanie kept saying Malibu. Either way. Yeah, beach house. <laughs> um, and so that, and then we're then back in the parents' life, but on a very conditional basis on Spencer's part. Um, their... They, she also dropped a huge... Well, I don't feel like this is a huge bomb, because I think we've heard this before, that Heidi, very calculated, watched Laguna Beach, decided she was going to... But Fidham's not in San Francisco, right? She kept saying Fidham, but Fidham's LA. Right. No, she went to the Art Institute. In yeah, San but Stephanie on the podcast kept saying Fidham, but it was the Art Institute is where Heidi went. Right. I don't know how she would have known that's where Lauren Conrad was going. Oh, I'm sure it was in magazines. I'm Maybe. sure people or whatever. Or it's possible that Heidi just happened to be going to that school. She saw Lauren Conrad and sought her out. That part I believe, that she sought out and wanted to be Lauren's friend so hard. Yes. But according to Stephanie, she yeah. like Machiavellianly planned yes. this whole thing yes. and like was like, I'm going to be Lauren's friend. And... Now, this is the part I didn't believe of this rant, was that she was like, and she was never Lauren's friend. Heidi seemed genuinely distraught when their friendship exploded. Whether it was Heidi's doing or not because of the sex tape rumor, I do think that she genuinely wanted to be Lauren's friend, even if it was just to be on TV. But I... I, uh, Stephanie was acting like she didn't give two shits about Lauren ever, and I don't know if I believe that. Uh, I feel like I'm somewhere in between. I definitely think that if you look at it with a different lens, Heidi sought her out and like lived with her family and was enjoying this rich life. And then she was on this TV show. But then I think she got upset when like the image of their friendship crumbled. You know, you could make, you could put a really calculating spin on it, but I agree that 
Lauren probably was the closest thing she ever had to a best friend, and she was sad when it ended. In yeah, but no, that's what I'm saying. I mean, you yeah. can use somebody and still enjoy their company. True. <laughs> I, yes, yes. You know, it's because, just funny because I think otherwise that if when the when the relationship imploded, I think she would have been fine. You know, just been like, yeah. Like if she really didn't enjoy Lauren's company, I think she just would have been like, fuck it, whatever, fuck you, Lauren. And instead, she did all of that effort to try to you know, men fences and, you know, whatever. Right. Although it does kind of explain why Lauren was so adamant in not being her friend again, too. Yeah. Because she felt like, oh, not only did you exploit me because of this dude and to make yourself famous, but did you ever really want to be my friend? Yeah. It makes perfect sense. Yeah, it does. Um, The other big takeaway was that um and again i don't think this is that shocking of a takeaway but that heidi is a money-grubbing gold-digging bitch um who what i thought was most shocking if it is true is apparently heidi without asking anyone or anyone's permission remodeled yes their parents beach house like redid the closet knocked out a tub to make the closet bigger yeah and, and charged, charged it, it to their card charged it to the father Yeah. So the other interesting thing is the producer and the co-host ask Stephanie, like, well, so where exactly is, like, what would they say to you is the problem? And she said, well, I also use my parents' money and I can't say that I don't. And then said she didn't. So she like, she, yeah, she said she did and she didn't, but clearly she does. Yeah. But basically like, She's saying she doesn't use it in the same way that they do. Except that they bought her a place. She's like, well, they bought, they bought my place in LA. And well, I'm like, what the fuck? Stephanie? So here's the thing that I, it was like one brat versus two other brats is yeah. what I felt like was happening. She was saying like, they helped me put a down payment on my house. And like, she's saying that she's getting their help to make proper adult investments. Whereas Heidi and Spencer are buying weapons and crystals and redoing bathrooms. So like... I don't know if that were my sibling, that would probably piss me off a lot too. Well, no, it was all property. So Spencer bought the weapons and the crystals with his Hills money. And that's why he doesn't have any money. Right. And so she was saying that the parents put them up for seven years in the beach house. They remodeled the closet without permission. Then the parents bought them a house. Right. Down the street from where the parents live. Right. And never see them. Now what all this boils down to, and I really wish that Wells and the producer, Amy, is that her name? Yeah. Um, had pointed this out to her because they kept saying like, is it possible that Spencer is culpable for this as well? Like you're blaming it all on Heidi. Like doesn't your brother have an issue and all that? You know whose fault it is? It's the fucking parents. I know. Cut them off. Cut everybody off. Yeah. Like cut them all the fuck off and this wouldn't be a problem. Like I don't, it's the, if you want to be mad at someone, Stephanie, be mad at your parents and say like, stop giving Spencer money Right. If he's not going to let you see your grandchild and he's not going to be in your life. Like, and he blew through $10 million on nothing, 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 nothing. like actually nothing. Yeah. And on Heidi's albums, they didn't invest in anything. No. Like it was literally crystals, weapons and albums and nothing. Um, and I love too, that she's so deluded and can't see herself that all she would talk about is money and they would say like, well, so this is all about money. And she's like, it's not about money. And yeah. they're like, but it is like, that's you bring it up. Every sentence is about money. Yeah. And apparently she and Spencer were so close, best friends. I don't know that I bought that. 
I mean, sure, when they were eight. Yeah, like I don't, but she made it sound like as soon as he met Heidi, they didn't spend time together at all anymore. And I believe that, but I don't think that they were like besties. No, I don't either. And she also told this story about how Spencer used to have lunch with his mom once a week or something, and then Heidi made fun of him for it, and he stopped doing it. (laughs) But the weird thing is, too, it got me thinking about all these celebrity couples who, like, only do things together, like Kim and Croy. Yeah. Like, he doesn't speak to his family in Montana anymore. Like, just a couple years into their marriage, he gave up his entire family, and I was like, maybe it's a thing. I mean, it seems to be a thing, and I am on Stephanie, I don't want to say I'm on Stephanie's side, but I mean, again, it's the parents' fault. Like, this is so stupid. Like, if the parents are really, and I love that, like, Amy apparently knows the parents very well. It was like, your parents are lovely people, like, the Pratts are so yeah. lovely. Yeah, Um, But I, it just goes to show, I mean, this is a prime example of what can happen if you spoil your children. Yeah. You end up with two psychotic children. And I have a feeling this is why I think the other sister is older. Yeah. And I think probably maybe a little considerably older than Spencer. Um, maybe they had her when they didn't have quite so much money and she wasn't as spoiled as the two younger children. And that's why she's normal, grounded, doesn't want to be on TV, has a relationship with her parents and, you know, yeah. has a normal life. Well, so the other thing I was curious about, too, is that I wonder if there's tension between Stephanie and Spencer too, because they're both doing the same thing in different ways. Like they're both taking advantage of their parents and leaning on them for different things. But like Stephanie doesn't own the fact that she also got arrested and she also had a drug problem that she leaned on their parents for. So is it really any different that Spencer gets arrested for weapons? Like, I don't know. Well, I think if you asked her, she would be like, I was so young. Like when I, when I had my drug problem, you know, I was 18. Because what I wanted them, what I thought was very interesting was when she was going on about Champagne Gate. And for those of you who haven't listened, the straw that broke the camel's back for Stephanie was that they were shooting some photo shoot for the hills and Heidi was offering all of the girls champagne that she had postmated there. And she didn't offer any to Stephanie. And apparently Whitney and all the other girls were like, what's going on? This is weird. Why isn't she offering you champagne? Um, And what... Amy said was, do you think it's because she didn't think you should be drinking? Right. And Stephanie immediately was like, I'm not an alcoholic. Like, I'm not an alcoholic. I don't have a drinking problem. Well, really? Because we thought you had a drug and alcohol problem when you were in the hills. But okay, whatever. Yeah. I mean, I get it. Like, I think she was a meth head. So like, I I mean, I was a cokehead and I still drink and whatever. Like, so I get that. But like, and I mean, Drew Barrymore still drinks and yeah, I, I understand but I thought it was interesting that Amy was kind of like, maybe she didn't think you should be drinking. Yeah. Well, and then she kept saying that the family was doing fine when she got back to California in October to film the show, but that her parents have said that the show ruined the family. But it sounds like they were kind of headed for ruin over some of this money crap anyway. Yeah. So I didn't quite understand. I mean, I get that maybe the show increased their brattiness and threw more financial stuff into the works or they're fighting over Instagram ads or, you know, they're on magazines or, you know, she said Spencer calls the paparazzi on himself like every day, which I totally believe. Yeah. But I like that Amy was like, that's smart. Like he's staying on. I mean, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you think that Kardashians don't call the paparazzi on themselves every day? Like oh, they, no. I mean, they probably don't have to now, but I mean, they used to. Yeah. It's true. I don't know. And it, it's just sad, too. I think the... I guess the show did ruin them. Like, the all that stuff. The paparazzi and the magazines and the toiling with money and fame and... Well, and it seems like... I mean, the gist of what I got... Well, the other thing, too, is that she also said that when she wrote her 
I'm going to memoir, I guess. I'm not going to call it an autobiography. That her parents wouldn't let her put any of the stuff about Heidi's and Spencer's arrest or anything in the book. And because she kept saying, because I was working for my parents, which I did not understand because no. you were on Made in Chelsea. Do your parents produce Made in Chelsea? Like, how are you working for your parents? Unless she just meant, like, I was doing what my parents wanted me to do. But Yeah, I think that's what she meant. Um, but it seems to me, because she said on this, and they kept saying, like, are you sure you want this to air? Like, should she be saying all these things? Like, this episode's going live tomorrow. Like, are you comfortable with this? And she was like, yes, fuck it, fuck it, fuck it. Like, oh, and by the way, quick aside on that, why can't they cuss in their podcast? I don't know. I'm suing them for making me deaf. Because I was listening to it, and those beeps were so loud and awful. I had my headphones on. Yeah. So, warning, if you haven't listened to it yet, be careful. Because every time she says fuck, they beep it out, and it hurts. And she calls Heidi a C-U-N-T many a time. Many times. And it's It's terrible. Yeah. Um, So. One thing that made me sad that I didn't know was she said that, like, when the Hells ended, Spencer, because he was one of the most hated people in America for being awful to, you know, fucking Lauren Conrad, you know, America's sweetheart, that he, like, fell into a depression and got really reclusive. And she goes... And fat. She goes, (laughs) he got fat. Like, it was the worst thing that ever happened to him. And that he got, like, a lot of death threats and all that kind of stuff. And that makes sense to me, too. No, that I knew. And, I mean, I didn't know the fat part. But I knew... Because don't you remember when the cops came to their house? When? There's footage of it somewhere. Like, the police came to their house. There was this whole thing with the police coming. And I can't remember if they were swatted or what happened. But they were... I mean, yes. He was... I mean, he said. He was like, I'm getting threats. I'm not... Like, he went through a whole paranoid thing. Like... Yeah, it's It sad. was. And, and I, the, Amy, the producer, said it best. She was like, a lot of people will go on shows like The Bachelor or this or whatever and think, like, I'm going to be the villain. I'm going to get a lot of screen time and not realize that it's going to... Um, keep affecting them after the fact and snowball and like it's fun to be hated for a little while but then when everyone hates you and you're getting death threats yeah not so fun anymore yeah it, it made me feel sad for him too because he he did kind of choose that role and played it up but Heidi managed to escape that like she was married to him and was pretty evil herself but she always came across as like sweet well, and that's what Stephanie basically says. Is right. She's like, Heidi lets my brother do all of her dirty work. And yeah. that is true. I mean, there was a lot of truth in this. Um, the part, though, that was just really hard to listen to is how deeply in denial she is. Yeah. Because Amy kept saying, like, no one is completely at blame in any argument like this. Like, everyone has, everyone in it has at least a little bit of culpability like, what do you think yours is? And she was just like, none. I mean, more or less was what she was right. saying. Like, I'm completely 100% in the right. They're completely 100% in the wrong. Um, and I kind of get where she would be annoying people on the filming of The New Hills. Because she also repeatedly said, um, well, I'm the one that's been on TV for the last nine years. Like, they haven't. Like, I, so I was real. Like, I really brought it. And like, I, na, 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 na. And I'm like, I... I'm sure she said that to them to their faces. Like, yeah, like I'm the TV star here. I've been on TV for the last 10 years. I've only missed one year in 10 years. You guys haven't been on TV. Follow my lead. Right. I also think it's a little weird that Wells kept pushing the fact that she was in the middle of the photo with Brody. Like, do we really think like how are Heidi and Spencer not in the middle of the photo? Like, do we really think Stephanie is the star of the new Hills? Cause I don't, I have no idea. I mean, it definitely made me more excited to watch it, but 
I'm curious about the Brody stuff, too. Yeah. She kept talking about, like, there's some Brody thing about how Brody's living his life and people are going to be so shocked. And I'm curious about that. What does that even mean? I don't know. <laughs> I don't. Yeah. It's a it's a roller coaster, but she, she dishes a lot of good stuff, honestly. Yeah. I'm... And it does kind of make sense that... Well, she, they talk about how it's harder for like the, the father of a baby's parents to get close to the baby than the mother's parents. And I do feel like they, they go back to Colorado a lot and you see pictures of like Darlene with Gunner and they're always in Aspen and whatever, but you don't see, I mean, Spencer's parents are really private, but they don't talk a lot about his family's involvement at all. Which is... I mean, it, because it seems, according to this, if it's true, and I do believe it, that Spencer is holding them hostage to pay. I mean, that's you, buy me a house, and you'll get to see your grandson in a little bit. Like he, yeah. I think that he thinks that if he goes all in and commits to constantly being in their lives, that maybe they'll shut off the gravy train. Right. I don't know. But again, this is all the parents' fault. Yeah, like it's a hundred percent. The parents did this to themselves. You spoiled your children. You gave them everything they ever wanted, and continued to until they were in their mid to late thirties. Like fucking stop. Like Spencer has a job. Get a your own goddamn house. Yeah, pretty much. Yep. And her accent is actually not super British. I was proud of that. No, no, no. It really isn't. Especially considering she was drunk. I thought she'd be throwing on a lot more British style words and she wasn't it i feel it like it only came up times. when she would talk about london same like she was like amy that's why i moved to london i was like okay no nope nope yeah but that was about i only caught it a couple times but, 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 but like i said my boss does the exact same thing it's really annoying yeah well like i was saying when i was there people say like cheers for everything it's like hello goodbye thank you but you can't say it like an american says it you can't say cheers like it just sounds stupid so you say cheers it's just like this, it's like a syllable. You just say it. I would just say cheers. <laughs> you think that. I'm just saying. You you want to say it like how they say it to you. It's just like a weird thing. <laughs> um, so any more thoughts on the podcast? I don't think so. I was really impressed with her producers, though. Yeah. I can't say that enough. But um, She's going ape, and they actually managed to keep it in a pretty tight episode they keep it moving so i'm very interested to see what the next 11 weeks of this podcast is because they i mean they really made it sound like we're gonna have to fill this somehow we've got 11 weeks like keep listening guys we'll figure it out so yeah i think we'll get some more good tidbits i think so (laughs) and kudos to stephanie yeah i are spencer and heidi still doing their podcast i'm sure they are i haven't like checked into it in a long time well i was gonna check into it now because i want the rebuttal Oh, interesting. Yeah. I, but I mean, do you think they'll bother? I could see them being like, we're not even going to give her the time of day. Oh, I don't know. I think Spencer might love to tell Stephanie where to go. But not if, because again, she kept saying like, my parents are going to be done with me. My parents are going to be like, I, I just flushed my whole family down the toilet. If Spencer's living in their house that they bought him, and they're still relying on them for a lot of money. He may be willing to like. They're still doing it. They are. What's the most recent episode? Um, March thirty first, and they're doing it once a week. They do it on Sundays. March thirty first. No, and then they did one this past Sunday. Oh, okay. So what? Did, did, did nothing about Stephanie. What does the tagline say? Um, it's about Siesta Key. He's obsessed with Siesta Key. Oh. But what day? Stephanie's episode just went up like Wednesday or Thursday. Yeah. I'll okay. check. I I bet 
Spencer might love to take her down a peg, so if he does... It'll be good. Is it, like, too meta that we've now become a podcast that's reviewing a podcast? But I think it's relevant. It's 100% relevant. <laughs> I'm mostly ashamed that we've talked 35 minutes about nothing having to do with NYC prep, yeah. but fuck it. Um, all right, so let's start NYC prep. Yeah. Um, so go ahead and give us... Maybe uh, I should put that in the description. Of the <laughs> if you're here only for, for NYC, NYC prep, prep start, start at 36 minutes. <laughs> Um, so a little update before I do bougie bio number seven on bougie bio number six. So I'm trying to find people who weren't in the main cast now, which is proving to be very difficult because they were all kids. Um, and so I was doing some more digging and I got a little bit of an update on Taylor and I found, excuse me. An old article that said she was expelled from Stuyvesant High School not long after the show aired. And as we know, her grades were pretty bad, so that could be why. Yeah. Um, and then it was rumored she got really heavily involved with the Occupy Wall Street movement. So oh. if she had really fallen into that crowd of Occupy Wall Street, that kind of would make sense as to why she was almost like intentionally homeless and then maybe fell into an even worse crowd. So... Um, when you search NYC prep Taylor though, in Google and you scroll all the way down, the other common searches are NYC prep Taylor homeless. That's one of the like top things that people search for. So it's quite sad. Um, but that almost made sense to me because she was very idealistic and yeah, you know, the Occupy Wall Street thing kind of seemed very Taylor to me. And that was, I think a Buzzfeed article. So they clearly, they probably did a little more digging than some of the other sites maybe. Ugh. Yeah. So bougie bio number seven, I really wanted to profile one of the other students that we see or one of the friends of the cast and they are really hard to find. So I'll keep trying. We have some episodes left. So for this episode, I had to go with a low hanging fruit that proved to be somewhat interesting. And that is the photographer because we already did Deborah. Okay. So the photographer, Zach is Zachary Michael. And he has become quite a somebody since his appearances on NYC Prep. All right. So he is a fashion and portrait photographer. He went to community college in Oregon. He visited New York City when he was 17, and he went to um, some fashion shows at Fashion Week and told his cousin, who he was visiting in New York, like, I want to do this. So he went back to Oregon and he talked to his advisor and his advisor basically said, if that's what you want to do, New York's the place to be. You know, this community college in Oregon is not going to help you do that. So he dropped out of school. He moved to New York, did odd jobs. He interned and then he eventually became a photographer's assistant and was one for seven years. And so he went out on his own. And his work is pretty cool. You can look at it. It's He describes it as referencing a lot of 60s and 70s portraiture. And it does. Like, it, it all looks very retro, even though it's modern. Um, and he met the Arctic Monkeys oh. through his best friend and roommate. And he sort of became their unofficial band photographer. And he actually shot their most recent album cover for Tranquility Base Hotel and Casino is the name of the album. Okay. Yeah. Um, So since going out on his own, his work has appeared in Vogue, GQ, Vanity Fair, and Harper's Bazaar. He proposed to his girlfriend, Lola. Oh. Yeah, he's straight. In November of 2018, in Tulum, she seems sort of, it's not unlike Terry Richardson and his baby mama, like, she's kind of his muse. Like, she is in tons of his photographs, and she looks like a model that he fell in love with. 
Um, and he has also photographed Zoe Kravitz, Sean Lennon, and Alexa Chung. All right. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. His Instagram, like some of his photos are really cool. And when I Googled him, I think he also did a fashion, like he does a lot of fashion ads, I think. And I think he also did, um, an ad campaign with Haley Baldwin slash Bieber. Oh. Yeah. So a low hanging fruit this week, but hopefully, yeah, hopefully I'll find, I was trying really hard to find like Kat and Cole and I'm still confident that I can. It's just going to take... I'm going to have to give it more than, you know, (laughs) some casual searching. So stay tuned. But that's the deal with Zach. And he, was he in this episode again? No, he wasn't. No. uh Referenced, but not seen. Okay. So 40 minutes in, let's dive into Ivy League of their own. Well, yeah, I don't think this is going to take that long. No, this episode, it's a lot happened and nothing happened. Like, I feel like we went a lot of places, but we didn't do anything. Agreed. So we open the episode and we're at the Pulse Art Fair and Sebastian and Camille are hanging out for some reason and walking around an art fair, Sebastian touches a sculpture and Camille gets apoplectic and I I thought it was a painting. It was a sculpture? He touched the little gold sculpture in between the two paintings, but still don't, no. No, yeah. I'm a a Camille. You don't touch that. No, of course not. And also, even if it's something that isn't fragile, now someone has to clean that, you little asshole. Don't touch it. Um, so then he starts doing this thing with girls that he's done the last few episodes that I really can't stand about him where he grills them. Well, when was your last date? When did you do this? When did you do that? Um, back off, you little pissant. He puts them on blast in a way that's really uncomfortable. Well, he puts them on blast because they put him on blast. I mean, Camille basically was like, huh? Because he was like, oh yeah, I went out with Kelly and, um basically told her that, like, since I'm not with Taylor, like, we should hang out. And Camille was like, hey, what? Like, you were that's like, oh. That's a horrible oh, thing to like, say. I, I'm done with Taylor, and now I'm ready for you? She's like, you can't do that. And that's when he went psycho and was like, what? Yeah. He was being super Cousin Jerry on this episode, too. Yeah. Like, his head is one day just going to completely retract back into his neck. <laughs> like, I can't, like, how is that comfortable? I don't know. And... Camille basically says she could go out on dates, but she's not that interested. And he said, you know, do you make them all feel dumb? And then in his confessional, his analogy for his, like, I don't know if it's supposed to be an impression of Camille or not, but he says, you know, when someone says their math book is 50 pages, she'll chime in and say her math book is 60 pages. Which doesn't make any sense because he said it was her, he said she has a weird sense of humor and then said that. And I'm like, you're, what you're saying is that she's a braggart, like not... Yeah, she's not trying to be funny when she says that. She's trying to be like, "I'm smarter than you. My life is harder than you." Yeah, like I, he's just so stupid. I know, I, so stupid. And she says, "Are you telling me that I don't know how to date? You've been dumped twice." And my like, I fucking hate him. <laughs> I do too. And mic drop. Camille is correct. Yeah, she's a hundred percent correct. Ugh. So I, that's all I have to say about that. Um, then we go to, um, Selena. Optique. Which is... Kat and Jesse. Yeah. They're at a glasses and sunglasses store. And someone tries on a pair that's worth $675. Jesse. Yeah. And Jesse is telling Kat that she's concerned about PC and his constant going out. But she's doing it in the... 
Jessie way where she's being a dick about it and being rude. And Kat actually grew on me a lot in this scene. And she was just saying, let him fail, Jesse. If he wants to go party and his grades want to plummet and he just doesn't want to care, let him not care. And also, it, one of the thing that I was going to talk about later, we can talk about it now. I think it's really interesting that like one of the points that Jesse was harping on was like, PC is hanging out with these older people and like running with a bad crowd and staying at like, ugh, he needs to get over this like clubbing phase. Well, no, he doesn't. Like that's when you should be going clubbing. Is when you're in high school. Like what the fuck? Like get over your clubbing phase when you're eighteen. No. And secondly, for someone who keeps constantly berating PC for hanging out with older people. She does too, but not in a party way. Yeah. Like all of these designers that are friends of hers and Operation Smile people that are friends of hers. I mean, they're all in their 20s, 30s, 40s. Yeah. And she considers them friends. It's just because they're not partying. I also figured out what is wrong with her face. (laughs) Okay. It's because she has a hot young body and the face of a slack-jawed mountain woman. She's like Mama June. She's got Mama June's face. Oh, that hurts so bad. But it's true. Like, look up pictures of thin Mama June now. She and Jessie have the same fucking face. And when she... And I do this too. Like, I'm a terrible... Like, I'm a mouth breather. Like, I I own it. But every time you get her, she's just, like, mouth open. Just, like, jaw slap. Like... So, I will say... Later in the episode, someone says, like, if only Jessie could close her mouth about some things. And I wanted to be like, well, she can't. No. Yeah. (laughs) But that's what it is. She's, like, she has the face of someone from Appalachia. Like, but I'm glad I've solved the riddle. Like, I finally figured it out. (laughs) But I I may need to put up, like, a side-by-side of her and current Mama June, like, on... I'm not gonna share that. I will do it on Twitter. I'll I'll, I'll have to figure out how to do it, but I will do do it. Do it from your personal handle. That's terrible. (laughs) Why is that terrible? Who wants to be compared to Mama June? Who wants to be compared to Jesse? Okay. (laughs) Oh, God. So then Jesse does say that when she's 30. Sorry, I can't stop yawning. We set off a yawning bomb. Um, it's because we're recording so early. That's true. Um, she says, when I'm 30, I won't be hanging out with an 18 year old boy. Which, that, yeah. I mean, yeah, she has a point there. I feel like if. So I'm 35, and if someone walked into a party with a 23-year-old, I'd be kind of like, Oh, for sure. Yeah. But I mean, again, it's hypocritical because she, all of these, she hangs out with all these older people that she considers her friends, all these designers, all these, you know, whatever. Um, I also um, loved at the point when she was like, I'm so right about people. I'm always right about people. And I love when my friends come back to me and go like, oh my God, you were right about that person. And I'm like, shocker to find out that Jesse loves to be right. Like, yeah. who would have figured that one out? And um, she has the worst martyr complex of Almost anyone on reality TV. Yeah, she really does. She says that she's been saving PC since they were in the seventh grade. From what? I don't know. Is PC a rich orphan? Like, he has a family. What is she talking about? She says, my family has saved PC every time. From what? Yeah, I don't, I have no idea what she's talking about. Did his towel warmer break in his marble bathroom? Like, what What are you talking about? Yeah, I need... Like, I'm assuming she means saved from, like, scrapes. Like, him getting in trouble and then fixing it some... But I, how? Huh? Also, you can only save a friend in high school so much. Like, if he doesn't write the paper, what? Did, did you write it? I mean, unless she means, like, her family giving him recommendation letters to get into the school. I Who knows? Either way, she's a martyr. She's ridiculous. I cannot stand her. Yeah. Um... And then we have a really boring scene at Lily Pulitzer. 
With Camille and her friend Maite. Talking about Kelly and college. Yep. I've got nothing else to say about it. Yeah. I spent the whole scene talking about Lily Pulitzer. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then we go to PC and Cat. In Central Park. Yes. Uh, where Cat is basically throwing Jesse under the bus and telling PC everything Jesse said about him. Yeah. Um, while wearing pants that are six inches too long yeah. for her. <laughs> so that was a very 2000s thing. That, like, you just didn't get your pants hemmed and you bought them in, like, a 36-inch inseam. And when they were too long for you, you just cuff them up and look like a firefighter, I guess. Yeah. It was mm-hmm. really stupid. It was stupid. Like, almost up to the knee. Yeah. Um, and I said it, but it was true. PC looked handsome in this scene. I yeah. mean, I think PC always looks handsome, but... No. And he's wearing a suit and, like, a nice scarf, and he's just got classic aviators on and, like, nice brown leather shoes. He just, he looked very put together. Like, maybe he had something going on that day or something. I don't know. Um, Maybe he was filming a reality show. Yeah, but other times he looks like shit when he's filming. But I think that he doesn't think that. Like, I think he put a lot of effort into quote-unquote looking like shit so i think it just landed for you today yeah so she also this is cat's way of checking on him in addition to throwing jesse under the bus she says you know like are your grades doing okay are you okay and he says i'm sleeping and i'm not doing drugs and she says okay like and he even says in his confessional he said you know cat and i trust each other you know, she might not agree with my decisions, but she doesn't mother me like Jesse does. Yeah. And that's true. Yeah. Like, they actually do seem like more genuine friends, and they don't argue all the time. Other than, you know, when she stole his seat at Fashion Week. <laughs> <laughs> and then we're still in the park, and we have to watch Sebastian and Gabe play soccer and talk about Cole again. And they call him a big kid. What is- oh, no, no, because he's scared of him. Okay. He oh. was basically like, you know, you don't, you don't, probably don't want to step to Cole. And he's like, yeah, he's a big kid. Oh, okay. Like, I, Sebastian's at least self-aware enough to know that Cole could beat his fucking ass. Yeah, he's also a public school kid. Yeah. He will beat you and won't give a shit. Um, and then he admits that he was a dick to Taylor, but then he also doesn't care that he was. And then we see Taylor and Ayala walking around the park, too. Talking about how she's going to see Sebastian at this event that they're all going to. The restaurant party. Prana. Yeah. Which is weird because I feel like they called it a restaurant opening. But who invites a bunch of children to their restaurant opening? Unless one of the kids' parents opened it and did this special night for something. Maybe. Yeah, that would make sense. Yeah. I mean, they're all rich kids. Who knows? Yeah. So then we go to the high school party. (laughs) I'm just moving it right along today because it was boring. Yeah. Um, and I was very proud that one of the first people I saw at Prana was... Oh, Jill, yeah, you're, this is good. Jill Zarin's daughter, Allie. Yes. Allie, Meredith, Allie's at the party. Meredith called it, picked it out right away. You're always so good at that. And, um, we have got a little screenshot for you guys. And she looks cute. She did. She looks very cute. I mean, in the five second shot we got of her, but she looked pretty. I mean, this was a very Housewives heavy episode because later we see a bus drive by with the Housewives (laughs) billboard um, on the side. Yeah. And Allie, we Googled it and she actually probably would be the same age as like Taylor and Kelly. 16. Yeah. Yeah. So she probably was friends with somebody. Um, And Taylor's wearing a leopard coat and I'm into it. It was cute. It was cute. And she has red lipstick on. She looks cute. Um, But this whole scene... And episode, but this scene in particular was so cringeworthy. 
So PC is still treating Taylor like his protege and everyone's oddly fascinated by their relationship. And he talks to Cole about the fashion show and keeps pointing out that he did Cole a favor. He was like, it's your first show, right? I mean, it's really cool, huh? Going to your first show and sitting in the front row, it's a big deal. He says it like five times and Cole's like, yeah, it was cool. I've been telling people about it. Cole doesn't care. He went because his girlfriend wanted to go. Stop asking Well, and I it. thought that Cole was actually pretty like, yeah, it was cool. It was his friends that right. were more like, oh, front row, okay, whatever. But what I thought was the takeaway from the scene was, did we see PC come out of the closet in his confessional? When he was like, oh, he was like, fuck those guys. And he was like, I'm confident in my sexuality. Like, I know what's going on with me. And I was like, oh, are you coming out of the closet right now? Yeah, and the kids at the party say he's pretty gay or fruity yeah. or something like that. because he's wearing eyeliner. Yeah, and white jeans, which I'm not opposed to, but yeah. just describing. Um, so that's all awkward. So then there's a weird, awkward moment where Sebastian slides up to Kelly, and Kelly says, like, I don't know why he doesn't understand that I'm still mad at him. I'm not his sloppy seconds. And... So then Cole calls over Sebastian, which is what Taylor didn't want to have happen. Not Cole. He goes over to Sebastian and and drags Kelly with him. Taylor. Yeah, I'm sorry. Taylor. Yeah. And says, why don't you want to be friends with Taylor? And they just have the most awkward conversation. And I don't get what Cole is doing. Oh, I a thousand percent. You don't get what Cole is doing? No. Because five minutes later... He brings in Denise and <laughs> wants a, a Taylor to be friends with Denise. So he can say like, oh, you and Sebastian are friendly, um, you know, and I'm friendly with Sebastian. So you should be friendly with Denise because I'm friendly with Denise. Like he wants everyone's exes to be friendly. So it looks okay for him to be friends with Denise. It's so weird though. It's weird. But in his little high school brain, I know exactly what's going on. That's exactly what he's doing. But why does he want everyone to get along? Who cares? Because he wants to be friends with Denise. And he thinks that if Taylor is friends with Sebastian, then it's like, you're friends with your ex. I'm friends with my ex. Everything's cool. Okay. I, I guarantee that's what's going on in his twisted little high school brain. No, it makes sense. It's just weird. And like for some kid who's like 17 years old, I don't get why he's that invested. But so then we meet his ex-girlfriend whose name is Denise, but she spells it D-E-N-I-Z. It's Denise. I'm calling her Denise. Well, clearly, you just said it like four times. (laughs) And he sits in the middle. So there's the whole thing with Sebastian that's painful. And then he does it again. So Taylor was in the middle of Sebastian and Cole. And now Cole's in the middle of Denise and Taylor. And he says, ex-girlfriend, girlfriend, girlfriend, talk. And And I I curled into myself and just wanted to die. Well, what I thought was hysterical is that Taylor in traditional, not even high school, any person fashion was like, she's not even that pretty. Um, she's beautiful and she looks just like you. Yeah. Like he definitely has a type. You guys could be twins. So basically they are twins. Denise is wearing a little too much bronzer, but she went for the tan skin and heavy eyeliner look tonight. Whereas Taylor went for the pale skin, red lip tonight. But if they had worn the same makeup, you wouldn't have been able to tell them apart pretty much. And I honestly think Denise is a scotch prettier. Agreed. Yeah. I mean, come on. Yeah. I, I actually found that pretty obvious. Sorry, yeah. Taylor. Um. <laughs> I also thought it was really funny that Taylor, and I would need to look up and see when Mariah Carey said it and see if Taylor said it first, but she said the, I don't know her. 
Yeah, I know. <laughs> and they both admit it's awkward and that they like don't hate each other, but they don't have anything to say to each other. Which is true. Like, yeah, they don't. Did they go to the same school? They didn't say that. Yeah. It's, no. it's so dumb. It's so dumb. And What's then, dumb is that no one made fun of her name. Yeah, I know. I can't believe that, that would have been the first if I was Taylor. Be like, let's talk about how she spells her stupid name. Maybe she didn't know how it was spelled. Maybe. She just thought it was Denise. Maybe. Yeah. Although there are some weird names in this show, so. Yeah, we're going to talk about that in a minute. (laughs) (laughs) So then we have a brief scene at Jesse's house. Oh, we're talking about right now. Okay. (laughs) Operation Smile. Um, And can we talk about the names of the people that are involved in Operation Smile? I'm not going to lie. I have no idea what they are. Oh, okay. I'll tell you. (laughs) So (laughs) um, the two adults are D.D. Oh, right. D.E.D.E. And Tatiana. Okay. And the other high school girl, I guess, was Wesley. Oh. (laughs) What the fuck? There's not like a Jane or a Sarah in the bunch. Nope. No. Dee Dee, Tatiana, and Wesley. Yeah. I I did notice Dee Dee. Um, And this is where I said to Jesse, said to Frank, sorry. About Jesse. That was the rudest thing you've ever said. I know. I'm ever. You're going to kick me out of <laughs> I said to Frank about Jesse, how can she be part of Operation Smile when she can't even say it? Yeah. She. Smile. Yeah. <laughs> I'm about to smile. It's. Yes, she can't say it. Do we think she has a retainer? Or. No, we'd see it. Well, it could be behind her teeth. Does she have Invisalign? No, we'd see that. I don't know what is going on in her mouth, but she can't say Operation Smile. No. She cannot say it. Nope. And I don't give a shit about what happened in this scene at all. Well, I just said that I felt really bad for the Operation Smile adults in this because she, she's Jessie bossing kept, them around. She's bossing them around, and she kept making it all about like the fashion, event, and they kept reiterating to her that like this is about helping children, and this is for like people need to know that you're like this is how many children you're helping, and all Jesse cares about is like my event, my event, and then she, I think, fucking flat out lied. And said that her friend Camille is interested in joining and she's given Camille her email address and her phone number and Camille hasn't bothered to contact her about it. Yeah. Which is for sure a lie. Yeah. Well, it looks like there's more to come on that next week. For which I'm excited for. Me too. Um, because I think that that was Jesse's little way of setting Camille up for failure by being like, oh, like she claims she's interested, but she's not. Yeah. I almost spoiled the best part of the preview. But oh, I no. Don't, 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 don't. <laughs> um, so then we go to... Harvard. Yeah, we're in, we're in Boston out of nowhere, and Camille, Maite, and Kelly, just for shits and gigs, they've gone to get a tour of Harvard from this woman who is an alumni. Scarlet. Scarlet. And Scarlet is evil. She is a monster, She's and I a- want to kill her. Maybe you could do the next b- breakdown on her. I mean, I you guys, I'm trying to find anyone. Um, cause I want to hear that she's, she's homeless. Like, that's what I want. I want to know that she is homeless. So she also is dressed like the clue character Scarlet, except not half as chic, not less than. She's just wearing all red. Like her coat is red. Her bag is red. Her lipstick is too red. I'm like, is this like, are you a Heather? What's happening? Um, what she is, is she is the kind of person, and I've known in my life, who for sure is like, everybody come over to my house, we're going to have a salon this evening, and we're going to talk about events of the day, and I'm going to serve <laughs> sherry. Like, I just want to fucking punch her in the face so hard! 
Yeah. So they ask her if she went to Harvard, and she's like, she has a really weird voice, too. We're Very not- weird. Very, like, I can't even do it. It's she, weird. Uh, she almost sounds like Elizabeth Holmes from Theranos and, like, Bad Blood. Which, if no one's gotten into all that... Get into it fast. Get into it, um, yeah. But almost, but not deep. Not as it's deep. Just, it's got a weird affected accent. Yeah. And... So they ask her if she went to Harvard, and she says, I did. I did my undergrad here. And they said, what did you study? She says, Russian literature. How's that working out for you, bitch? Yeah. <laughs> what do you do for a living now? Chipotle? <laughs> <laughs> You're so angry today. I but, hate her. But I love it. I love it. Um, so then she points out that the acceptance rate to Harvard is only 7%, 9%. Yeah. And so basically they just have this weird chat with this bitch on the lawn and then their real tour guide arrives, who's actually a student and probably a freshman or sophomore guy. Cause he was on the younger side. Usually tour guides are. Yeah. Um, and she says, well, I didn't catch his name. What was his name? I didn't catch his name either. Yeah, she says, well, he's going to take over. I wish you the best of luck with getting into Harvard, but you probably won't. Which is a shitty thing to say because, now granted, I did not go through the college admission process and I'm basing this entirely on my viewing of Gilmore Girls, but I thought that, like, doesn't she have a weight? Like, isn't she, I mean, like, it doesn't, she, her, because if an alumnus meets with a student, I thought that they give feedback to Harvard and couldn't. Like, doesn't her feedback, couldn't that affect Camille getting in? Maybe, maybe not. I mean, did this count as an interview, or was she just giving the... I mean, I don't know. Like, so I thought it was just a very, like, shitty, crappy thing for her to say. For all we know, she could just be, like, an alumni volunteer. And she also makes fun of Camille earlier, when she's like, oh, I can tell you're planning on going here, because you're really basically sucking up to me. I mean, it was just like, I'm like, oh, I hate you so much. Yeah, no, I think she was just a weird volunteer of some kind, like, from the admissions department. Yeah. And maybe they were like, oh, what's-his-name-isn't ready yet? Scarlet, do you mind taking them out to the lawn and waiting with them? That's what it looked like. Because she didn't show them anything. No. She was just an obnoxious So then after she walks away, after saying, you probably won't, as the guy is standing there, Camille was like, what the fuck? Basically is what she's saying. And you can see Scarlet turn around. She's only like five feet away. Yeah. They're shitting shitting all over her and she's within earshot. (laughs) Um, so then this tour guide, he actually starts to walk them around. You can tell they're like, he points out the, um, Harvard Green or whatever the fuck it's called. Harvard Yard. Duh. Um, and then he meets up with his friend. Didn't catch his name either. Who's cosplaying as Blaine from Pretty in Pink. Oh my God. 100%. But yes. not cute. No. Oh God. And then they talk about how they're- Or not Blaine. I'm sorry. Blaine was Andrew McCarthy. Cosplaying as the evil one. Um, Steph. <laughs> yes. Yes. I knew exactly who you were talking yes. about. Yes. Yes. Um, and the girls talk about how they're going to have some Harvard hotties show them around. I mean, I have a feeling that if you are Upper East Side, um, private school girl, that the cosplayer probably is a hottie to you. Yeah. I mean, with his Ray-Bans and his blazer and- Like, oh, should we go get some bears by the comb? Oh. It's Gross. Gross. Super gross. Um, and then in another stupid scene of this episode, we're at Dylan's Candy Bar. Which is apparently every reality show's favorite place to film at least once a season. It did make me want some candy, but... Um, and PC and Taylor are having a little friend date, and they're joking about the candy underwear. And how Cole is smothering Taylor, I guess. Yeah. That's the takeaway. Um, and then we go to Kelly's house. And... 
Camille comes over and they're gossiping about PC and Taylor being friends. They call PC. He's at intermission from the opera. Which I thought was weird because it seemed like the day. I know. Like when they pan back and show like the, the next room, it was very, it looked like daylight. I don't. Did he go to a matinee? Maybe. Do they do matinee opera? I don't know. I don't know. Um, and then he says that he's grown to become Taylor's friend, but then he says, it's a project. Stop calling her a project. It's okay if you enjoy her company. Just say that. Yeah. If you're so comfortable with who you are, stop calling her a project. It's fucking rude. And then he invites them to a hotel suite party that he's having. And then we have to suffer through a couple scenes of Jesse. At Japonis? Japonais? It was J-O-J-P-O-N-I-S. It's the French word for Japanese. It's Japonais. Oh, I thought it was spelled with an E. Mm-mm. It was Japonais. Oh, okay. Never mind. And she meets her favorite jewelry designer, whose name is Lauren, who makes a lot of knockoff Chanel chains. Yeah, I don't... And again, like, her friend, the jewelry... That woman was 40 if she was a day. Yeah, I know. So why is it okay for Jesse and not okay for PC? I have no idea. And, like, yeah, they're chains, and they're cute, but they're just chains. That's, like, all she brings to the party, literally. Yeah. Suitcase full of chains. Yeah, I didn't get it. And then we have a scene at Jesse's house. She admits that she has gotten into the Fashion Institute of Technology in New York. She has the pendant hanging in her room, and she framed her admissions letter. Yes, she did. Oh, to be young. Yeah. Um, and... My notes says she looks like a leprechaun from hell. She is wearing the most ridiculous ensemble. Granted, she's only sitting at home, but she's wearing like a flannel, her favorite flannel, like, what is it? What's the word I'm looking for? It's not a dress, a um, tunic of sorts. I thought it was just a shirt. It, it looked like a just shirt? a shirt, but she was wearing it with nothing else but tights. And she's wearing this, like, green, almost looks like yarn, braided headband. And all of her chains and her gold cuff and her glasses. <laughs> Frank just showed me a picture of Mama June while I was talking. That's mean. Because um, she was the most Mama June in this scene with the yeah. glasses and the thing. and the... I should have taken a picture of what she was wearing. She just looks ridiculous. And then she and PC, I hate their friendship. I just hate it. I don't like watching it. It's not funny. They're so mean to each other. They yell at each other. And he says that he likes Taylor and he wants to help her. And Jessie, when she gets angry, she's even less attractive. And she gets so aggro with people. And she says, you're not Jesus. It's like, calm down. But do we... Because their friendship doesn't make sense to me. Because it does seem like it's a lot of arguing. I mean, I guess they've known each other since they were 12. So maybe it's just that's why they stayed friends. But do you think that he's beholden to her in some way? Because her family has helped him somehow? I don't... I don't know. Because it doesn't make sense. If I was him, I would be like, fuck you, bitch. Like, you... All you do is yell at me. You're so annoying. You're so insecure and jealous of everyone else I'm friends with. Like, I don't want to be your friend anymore. My best guess is that... Their parents might be friends. Oh, And they are, like, kids who grew up together. They're almost, like, cousins in a way that they're... The way they grew up and all that kind of stuff. So they feel obligated to stay friends. And then, I'm guessing when they went to college, they just let it fizzle. Yeah, cut ties, yeah. Yeah. Um, 
So then we go to Katz's Deli and Cole's having lunch with his friend Kyle and talking about Taylor and how she wears the pants in the relationship. And he finds out that PC's having a hotel party that Taylor is going to, but didn't tell him about. So he decides he's going to crash it. Yep. Wrong. Wrong. Not the move. No. No. So then we go to six, which is a hotel called Six Columbus in New York, Mm -hmm. where PC rented the penthouse is what he calls it. I looked it up. It is their loft. They do not call it a penthouse. And this hotel still exists and you can rent it for $3,000 a night. Great. Yep. And we have this quote unquote hotel party. (laughs) And Cole does show up. And he does crash, and Taylor's not there because she's grounded? Yeah, which is weird because no one seems to believe that. And I, I'm like, she's 15, it's completely believable. She'd is she be just grounded. flaky? Like, does she just blow shit off all the time? For sure. But, I mean, I feel like if she wasn't with Cole and she wasn't at PC's party, where was she? I don't know. Like, I feel like she'd be one place or the other. I don't know. But I think it's totally believable that she was grounded. I mean, her mom seems pretty, like... She even says she got in a big fight with her mom later. And yeah. someone says, I don't believe you. It's like, I do. She's failing out of school and she and her mom seem to fight. Um, I will ha- say, though, that um, of this party, I super was jealous of all the balcony smoking um, and the drinking. Like, yep. it looked, like, super fun. I miss those high school days. Yep. Um, and I... As much as it was bad form for Cole to show up at this party, like, I did respect his chat with PC. Because it wasn't like, what are you doing with my girl? It was more just like, ugh, like, I never get to see her. Like, I feel she talks to you more than she talks to me. Like, I don't know what to do. Um, When he first showed up, I thought it was going to be a lot more posturing on his part. Yeah. Like, you know, being threatening. But, But no, he was just like, I like her and I don't get to see her. And like, ugh. Well, and he just said, PC, can I talk to you outside? Yeah. He did pull him out to the balcony. I mean, it was rude that he showed up to a party he wasn't invited to. A hundred percent. But, like, I think it went as well as it could have for showing up at a party. It's not like he flipped a table and said, where's my girl? Yeah. And I also think that as much as PC thinks he's the coolest man around... That he too is a little scared of Cole. Oh yeah. Because if he wasn't, I think he would have been like, "Get the fuck out of my party!" But instead, he was like, "I'm just gonna sit here and listen to this." Yeah. Because he could throw me off. He looked a little nervous. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but that's all we really see of this party. Like nothing super awesome happens. No. And then in our final scene of the episode, which I have like five words about, and I'm about to sneeze. Sorry. Yeah, I don't know what is going on. I'm having an allergy fit, too. I know. <laughs> this happened to me last time I was at your house, too. Um, so Taylor and Cole meet in Union Square, and they break up. Yeah, and I am Team Cole. Really? Yeah, because basically all he was saying was, like, I feel like I don't really get to see you that often. And I mean, it, I don't know. I thought he was coming from a very honest place, and I thought Taylor was just kind of like, eh, like, you should just sort of be at my beck and call, and... Let's break up. He earned a few points back in my book when he explained to her why he crashed the party. Like he said, I was hoping to see you there. Yeah. And I was hoping I could sweep you out of there and we could spend time together. Yeah. And I was like, okay, that's actually much better intention than what they made it look like. But I do find him a little, like with the, with the Sebastian stuff and Denise and whatever, like he fell, he fell down some flights of stairs in my book. Oh, he definitely made a ton of mistakes, but I think that... He genuinely really likes Taylor. 
I think he, for the most part, was trying to be a decent boyfriend, um, other than the Denise Sebastian stuff. Um, and I just, I felt bad for him. Yeah. I also think it's funny, too, because it felt like the only solution they know at that age is to stay together or break up. Like, she was basically just saying, this is a bit too much for me. And so he said, like, so we're broken up. And she just, she doesn't look like that confident in her answer, but she says, yeah. But she also is when she says, like, I'm so happy, like, I had to try make myself not smile when I walked away because I know Cole was watching. But then she says, like, we break up all the time. So I think in her yeah. mind, it's like, eh, like, we're broken up now. I'm sure we'll get back together eventually. Like, whatever. True. When in Central Park with Ayala, she was saying she really hopes it works out this time. Yeah. You know, two days ago. But that's it. That's it. And then we have scenes from the finale. Oh my God. Um, which is, we get a little PC Jesse drama. We get a little Jesse Camille drama. We get a little PC Taylor drama. And then, of course, we get a little Operation Smile drama. And we were teased with the most amazing thing ever. That we may have to gif. Which is, <laughs> go ahead, I will let you say it. Jesse fall down, falls down the stairs. Yes, big time falls down the stairs. I believe that Operation Smile, so. Um, and it, it definitely made me smile. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there is hope after all. And it's not even Whitney Port style where you don't quite see it. You full on see it. It's great. It is amazing. <laughs> um, so we will talk to you guys in two weeks. And by then we will be announcing whatever we end up picking for our next show. Yeah. Yeah. Good all call. right. Have a great two weeks. Thanks for listening to another episode of One Hit Wonderful. You can find us online on Twitter and Instagram at OneHitPod. You can email us at franklymarebe at gmail.com. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Nana's Mink. And you can find me on Twitter at HeyIt'sMareB. Please remember to rate and subscribe. And have a great week, guys. We'll talk to you soon. <laughs>